With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and happy holidays from the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. I am Brandon, and I am here with my colleague, my festive colleague this week, <laughs> Josh. Hey, Brandon. How are you? I'm good. Are you uh, you ready for this onslaught of festive fixtures? I am. Yeah, I, I'm ready for game week 17 to be over. So, in in that sense, I am ready. I'm ready for the ho- I'm ready to see the ones I love and to. Forget this game week ever happened. <laughs> so um, who was your transfer this week going into game week 17? So I, I, I kind of I, I made a late decision that um, part of it actually, I, I will admit, was a little Aguero focused, um, assuming that he played well in this game. Um, which he didn't. Uh, as we'll Meaning through. you were setting up your team to bring Aguero in for next week, probably? Well, so I, I, I dropped Eden Hazard. I, was, I, waited, I waited as late as possible to drop Eden Hazard because if he, I, wanted to, I wanted, certainly didn't want to burn the transfer on him if he was going to start. Uh, but then when it became clear that he hadn't pl- practiced all week, I thought, okay, I've got to get rid of him. I'm just, I'm just too far down right now. I'm trying to, make, trying to mount my comeback. I need to like take a punt here you know, and try to find somebody who has a good fixture, even if it's only for one or two weeks. Sure. Uh, so I brought in uh, Andre AU, which I was a little bit of a punt. I mean, I didn't really. What I've been trying to, what I was, what I'm, what I'm trying to do moving forward is not get locked into a transfer, like get, not, not like in the sense that I make the transfer, but just I, you know, I wait and I have a player that I decide like on Sunday afternoon of the current game week. I'm like, I want to bring him in next week. Right, and then right. The whole you rest. Set, of the you week, set your sights on one one player, and that that develops over the course of a week. Yeah, and then you find yourself like making arguments. 
rejecting other people, like rejecting other other players because you really want, like you want him only, you know? Yeah. You only have eyes for, for a certain player. Uh, so I'm trying to get out of that mode because that's really me and Toby Alderweireld right now. <laughs> yeah, understandably. So uh, I'm trying to break out of that mold a little bit. And uh, I, you know, so I was, I was really trying to keep my eyes open. And then it just, you know, I liked the, I liked that Stoke was about to, or that Stoke, that um, Swansea was about to hire a manager who uh, has managed IU in the past, uh, Marcel Bielsa. And I knew he was going to be there. I thought that, the Swansea team would be trying to, and you know, impress the new manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and although I, don't, I still think that hasn't been signed as of the recording of this podcast. Um, and so I just thought, no. yeah, this could, this could be like this could be the week when they really they really come back. And he looked very dangerous. He certainly could have scored. He had a couple opportunities to score. He did. I was telling you, uh, I's sole job seems to be to stand on the last central defender and have his arm constantly raised, calling for the ball. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the other players I was looking at were Aaron Ramsey and Philip Coutinho and Jordan Henderson, um, and all three of them got two points. So, Yeah, the thought occurred to me after we recorded the podcast last week that Jordan Henderson on that Liverpool team seemed like such a great transfer coming into this week. Uh, But you have to have a few questions about Liverpool after that performance against Watford. Yeah, and he had a couple of moments in that Liverpool game where he looked he looked dangerous. But you know, he's never been a huge goal scorer. I know that I know that he had a goal and an assist the week before this week. Uh, But if you got three, if you got three points for every raking crossfield pass, he'd be rolling in it. Yeah, like his he has his Jabi Alonso moments certainly. But Uh I don't know. It just it felt like a little too. I actually would have been okay with in hindsight I would have been happy to have two points of three this week and have Henderson uh or or Aaron Ramsey. I mean I, I it was a very narrow so I'm probably gonna end up keeping Io for one more game week because he yeah. is to uh He's home a to survivor. West, yeah, home to West Brom. Uh now they should have the new manager by that fixture. Um interestingly enough, did you realize that um it's three straight nil nil draws for West Brom or for West Ham? Um uh, no, I didn't realize that. Yeah, even, so they, even without Winston Reed, their best defender, they're they're pulling in these clean sheets. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's, that's it's just of, because Adrian is a crazy person, uh, like yeah. like secretly like Baruch levels of craziness. He looks very cerebral on the pitch, don't you think? He seems like an intelligent person. He Adrian. does. He's got the really smart haircut. He's sort of he's a he's a cut, good looking guy. Yeah, he's barking at everybody. Just seems yeah. like he's, he's very engaged with the match. Yeah. So, so who did you bring in, Brennan? I I, uh, I know who you brought in. I'm excited to hear. You must be delighted with how this one went. Oh yeah, I'm uh, really glad you asked about that, Josh. <laughs> um, I revisited an old fling from earlier in the season, uh, Craig Dawson. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, goofy looking Craig Dawson. So you, that is like you made the dreariest of all pickups. I feel like I really did. I, I feel like <laughs> who did I you got dropped for Dawson. Uh, I dropped uh, George R. Russell Martin. I decided ah, to let him go off to his cottage and finish the Song of Ice and Fire alone. <laughs> I uh-huh. gave him his space, and I brought in Craig Dawson. And I, I got totally sucked into all the online chatter and about how West Brom uh, was an appealing defensive um, rotation in your FPL squad. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it, when it rains, it pours with West Brom. It Either they keep a clean sheet or they're going to be letting in two or three goals, it seems. I will say there, there's some solace to be found in the fact that uh, really almost almost nobody kept a clean sheet. 
uh, we had, I, I guess, well, uh, obviously we had the two clean, seat, two clean sheets in the Swansea West Ham match. Although I think most managers don't have don't have defenders on either team. Right? No, I mean, those, maybe those a, 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 a random Cresswell manager here or there. Sure, a random Cresswellian, a Cresswegian, <laughs> if you will. Uh, but yeah, no one, no one has a, a Swansea defender. They've been terrible for you know. The defense has been pretty weak the last like ten game weeks. Yep. Uh, so I, you know, some people Spurs, do have Spurs. proper defenders. That would have been would have been smart. You know, if you if you're still holding on to uh, Neom, that's definitely yeah. Uh, or definitely. having Gomez and goal. Yep. Or Gomez and goal. Uh, I know. God, you know, I really thought about bringing like this guy goes all the way back to the game week three wild card. But I, I really did think about bringing in Gomez too. And uh, you would have so much value from Gomez right now. Yeah. I think is he. So he's the second overall ranked goalkeeper. He just, oh, actually, he's he, tied. He, 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 tied for points. Yeah, he overtook Butland. I think they're tied. They're tied oh, okay. for points in eighty six. But yeah, you look at that value between Butland and Gomez. Um, crazy yeah. scores for um, what were both at one point sub five goalkeepers. Yeah, that would have been a nine million dollar if you if you bought them early on a nine million dollar rotation and they picked up one hundred and fifty two points between them. Yeah, uh, which is pretty pretty extraordinary. Yeah, so it was a total clean sheet wipeout, as uh, we pointed out on the at Hail Cheaters Twitter feed. Um, unless you're a lucky Spurs defend defensive owner, right? <clears throat> but let's see. Looking at my goalkeeper, De Gea, Dawson, Van Dyke, and Klein, a total of four points on the weekend. And yeah, my transfer for Craig Dawson was me just. Uh, conceding that I needed help in my defense, and I thought a Tony Pulis defender might help me there. They still have a good run of fixtures coming up. If you look at West Brom, they've got Swansea, Newcastle, and Stoke coming up in the festive period. That's true. It's going to be an amazing Boxing Day matchup between <laughs> between your your West Brom defender and my Swan, Swansean uh, midfielder. I'm very I'll tell you what, uh, to have a West Brom defender, it's like going to Vegas and rolling the dice <laughs> as to which defender is going to ultimately score on a set piece during a West Brom game. <laughs> is it yeah. going to be Jonas Olsen for 50? But we know, it, we know it's never, uh, it's never Dawson. Oh, actually he scored a goal earlier on in the season. Didn't he, he did. He scored yeah. against Everton. That's he right. Scored against Everton. Yeah. One of so, the few weeks where I think you beat me in our head to head. So you won the head, our head-to-head again this week. So I think you now have a five. I think you're up, what, like 12 to seven, I think, on me now? No, it's a 11 to six, I believe it is. But, yeah, that's a five-game cushion. Six. Okay, right. So I, I really need a clean I'm not on the beach yet. I need a clean sweep of the holiday fixtures to even get within striking distance. Right, right. You do. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And, but are you developing a game plan? Well, I, I'm not, but this is, I mean, this is really the beauty of the holiday fixtures that, that, you know, they come, I, you know, I have, I have often said, even before I had a podcast, I was, when I was just talking to myself alone in my apartment, um, you know, like looking at a mirror, you know, just uh-huh. to, to some, you know, so I was looking at somebody as I said this. Yeah. Who's got uh, two, two free transfers? You've got two free transfers. <laughs> I think that seasons are, are won and lost depending on how you handle the holiday, you know, the holiday fixture list. I mean, I, okay, so the, there are two, there's sort of two defining moments in, an, in a fantasy Premier League season. And one is, one is how you handle the, the double game weeks. There's typically one huge, uh, FA Cup related double game week, right around right. Like week thirty-four or something like that. Yeah. And the other one is how you handle yourself during the uh, holiday fixtures. Right. And um, we have we have seen, and in fact, the guy who is in first place in our league right now is sort of infamous for not handling the holiday fixtures less well. 
Well, this is, because he, this is because he is an adult man with two children, I will grant you. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but still. <laughs> so for uh, men like us who are married but without children, uh, this is a great chance for us to escape to the bar, uh, watch a ton of matches, uh, yeah. not forget to make our transfers. <laughs> uh, well, you, it, I you, think, can really, you can really turn a season around. So despite the fact that I am now in uh, – I think I'm in last place overall. I think that I am officially like even with all the dead teams. I think I'm I'm somehow I'm doing worse than dead teams at this point. It's <laughs> yeah, well, well. To your credit, though, speaking of how you handle double game weeks, West Point is actually teaching a class on how you handled the Aston Villa QPR double game week last season. That's true. I've I've had my moments. Of the, I'm trying to. I'm like the. I'm like a Philadelphia 76ers fan. I'm just trying to. Uh, I don't know if you if you if you follow basketball at all, Brandon. I don't. I don't, I don't think you do. But is this, this an Allen? Is this an Allen Iverson reference? No, but they're they're an NBA franchise that are sort of famously like they're they're basically tanking. They're like they're losing all of their games uh-huh. um, in order to uh, have a shot at the first round pick in the NBA draft next year. Okay. Uh, and so, but there's didn't the season just start like a month ago? Yeah, so they're but they're one in twenty five. Like they're going all in on being the worst <laughs> in the league. They literally are. Uh, so, uh, but the whole thing with them is like embrace the process. Like this is, this is ultimately a, a, a good thing. Um, you know, it's like you're, you're down for a while and, uh, it, but then you, you, you pick up the pieces to, to make it better. So, you know, Can somebody bring a antitrust lawsuit against the 76ers, Sixers for this. Well, they actually tried to change the rules, uh, so that they tried to, they, they tried, basically tried to get rid of the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. This, this is like this is too like Byzantine <laughs> to get to get into on the podcast. But so I'm trying to just see this as this is like this is a good this is good for me. This is like a it's a crazy snake bitten awful season, and I'm just uh-huh. I'm trying to handle it. You know. Well, speaking but, of everyone, stay tuned to the latter half of this episode because we've actually put together a special uh, festive period right. optimizer. Exactly. So this is why I brought it up. It wasn't just to talk about my team again, which I would happily do for the rest of the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I, I bring this up because yeah, we we have we've combed through. So basically, we're we're taking a the, the podcast is going to be really like a, a little shorter. The the front end is going to be a little shorter than usual. We're going to spend a long time on uh, the next three game weeks because we're not going to have time to do. A podcast next week because it wouldn't really make any sense to do it because uh, what I'll do by, is by the just, time it was by the time it was out and recorded we'd already be like a week ahead anyway so <laughs> uh, so we're gonna look at game weeks eighteen nineteen and twenty in total and talk about strategies for the double game weeks teams to watch for transfers to make uh, captain choices things like that what would you think if I just uploaded voice memos from my phone to our Twitter feed. Just like but, oh, like just like things we say. You know, we could a, try that, Brandon. Uh, we could try that at because uh, we're watching the games together on Monday. All right, so we're actually recording this moments after the uh, Arsenal's demolition of Man City two one. So the game hasn't fully updated. So what we're going to do is what we do sometimes uh, after game weeks is we're going to put Hail Cheater Mini League news up on our Twitter feed and our Facebook. So, listen, if you don't already follow us on Twitter, we're at Hail Cheaters, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash alwayscheating. So if you're doing well this week in the Mini League, you'll get your accolades there. Trust us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry about that, but it's just it's, it's not updated yet, and... Uh we don't want to give any inaccurate information. So uh, I'm getting on a plane uh, in less than 24 hours to go visit my uh, family in Michigan. And uh, listen, we're we're just getting this in under the wire, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, so let's real quick let's get let's recap game week 17, the week that was. Uh, looks like the average score this week is going to be 59, and I'm coming in at 64 points. Um, and this was a game week that actually saw me. Um, 
get Agu- finally get Aguero into my lineup. And as we saw in this Arsenal Man City game, Aguero uh, did what we all anticipated him doing, playing a very ineffective 63 minutes and coming off. <laughs> he had a nice header. Like around the 59th minute, he had a he had a nice bullet header off a of De Bruyne free kick. Okay, that's good to know. I was kind of like bouncing around the office today, and I didn't get a chance to w- yeah. watch this, but for like 30-second spurts at a time. It did seem like he kind of limped off. I know on the NBC News Twitter feed, they said he, he was injured and came off that way. So no. he may- Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I am serious. Uh, but it's un- <laughs> I mean, the guy is made of... of, of I mean, he really is Mr. Glass from the movie Unbreakable. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to this because we're actually going to highlight the Watford-Liverpool game. But okay. it's it's absurd that I have stuck with Aguero in this master plan while Igalo is out there costing six million uh, pounds. And he's just putting two goals in at a time. <laughs> I know. It, it is. I just think it is so hard to override your bias from... And I say the the royal you here. They just you know I, I feel the same way. The bias that comes from from four seasons of of the the league behaving normally, and you know, and then this crazy week comes <laughs> along, or, or this crazy crazy season where nothing is the way it ever was before. Right. You know, like where players never stop scoring. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, there was someone on Twitter who I who I was I was uh, uh, kind of uh, cons- I don't know consoling is quite the right word bantering with. Uh, but he just said he felt like he was he was just stuck in place. Uh, like he, there was just nothing. Even if he had a good game week, he just he, he was stuck. Like he'd move up five thousand or down ten thousand, uh-huh. and um, and it's kind of hard to move up or down right now because there, no one's having a bad game week. You know, no one has an off week, and um, there it's just you know it, like there's no. Um, circumstance where a player is off for a week you know i just i mean you know you can't catch up if just take a step back here sure if you're one of the top teams you almost like top ten thousand. let's say top ten thousand. in okay. most cases you are in the top ten thousand because you've gained points from having ozil agalo uh vardy lukaku Alderweireld, right? Yeah, all, and and yeah. probably all from the outset because those yeah. bandwagons are uh, in full swing right now. Exactly. So you've jumped into the top 10k, top 20k, whatever, and there's no. How would you fall, right? Because as long as you've held on to those players, they have performed every single week. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I like, do notice this. there's no hyperbole, right? I mean, like I mean, Ozil has attacking points in like 14 consecutive game weeks. Yeah. No, I'm right now. I'm ranked. Uh, overall, 482,180. And in a typical season, if you are in that uh, area of overall rank and you perform above average, you'll get a green arrow. Right. And I have, uh, I've gotten about 5 to 10 above average the last two or three weeks, and I'll get a red arrow every time. And I think it's because I don't, strictly because I don't have Igalo. Yeah, I think that's a factor for me, too. I mean, I've been, I've been sort of hovering up and down like about fifteen thousand, I, I, I've been going up about fifteen thousand spots, uh, basically every game week for about six weeks, you know, and um, never, never falling too low, never going too high, you know, just yeah, sort of, right, kind of frustrating. I don't know. I, I like a little. I like it's a, a way of life, Josh. Yeah, I like a more swingy season. I think. I think I like some. I like more ups and downs. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Well, but this Arsenal Man City game. Let's talk about okay, it real quick. So, it. Aguero, I've stuck it out. He's been on my bench. He finally gets some playing time. I'm 
you know, I'm still in light of this him limping off news. I'm still feeling good about having him uh, going into the festive fixtures. Pellegrini probably being cautious with him, bringing him off around 60 minutes. I'm assuming that means he'll start the next game. And I'm assuming that means he'll score five goals in the next game. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, you have to, are you thinking about captaining him next week? You'd have to be thinking about it pretty seriously, yes. right? Yes, absolutely. I think he's he's got the armband in my team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, De Bruyne, he looked good. He's in your squad. Yeah, he looked. I thought he looked pretty pretty solid. He almost scored a goal. Uh, he was on a lot of free kicks and corners. Um, I thought Arsenal defended pretty well. I mean, honestly, you can't be too disappointed when you don't get any attacking points from a from an you know when you don't get attacking points from one of your players and they're playing against the Arsenal defense. I mean, yeah, it's true. It, I mean, you were saying uh, this was not the fixture f- for which you brought Kevin De Bruyne in. Yeah, exactly. So it was sort of. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a little frustrating that the first time I've had, the first time I got a full ninety out of him was uh, away to Arsenal. Yeah, um, certainly was expecting him to play at home to Swansea last week. Uh, but you know, whatever it is, what it is, the fixtures get really good for Man City. Um, basically, starting I think it's starting next game week. Really, uh, let's right. see, we've got um, you know, we'll go into a little bit, a little bit more of this later. But yeah, home to Sunderland, away to Leicester, away to Watford. Uh, and then two more home matches, uh, home to Everton and Crystal Palace. And Everton has given up like two or three goals in every match right now. So, um, yeah, pretty good run over the next uh, month or so. How are we meant to feel about Yaya Torre, though? Is he something that we, somebody we need to consider bringing into the midfield? So it was a classic Torre performance today in which he was largely absent for the game. And then he decided to show up and try and take it all on himself. It was just weird. That goal was weird. It was like a kind of side. It was like almost like a banana goal or something. It was well. He he basically passed it, but uh, like if you were on the receiving end of that pass, it probably would have taken your entire leg off. Right. Um, But that was the effective motion that he made with his leg. So like if that it's like if that had been Gerald Delafeu, like that wouldn't have counted as a goal, right? Because (laughs) Opta would have said that it was a pass. And yeah. therefore, you don't get the five points for the goal. No, if that was Gerard De La Feu, Opta would have considered that violent conduct, and he would have gotten <laughs> minus two, I think. <laughs> well, for, well, first of all, what Yaya Torre didn't do that Gerard De La Feu would have done was he would have stepped over the ball about 40 times without anybody around <laughs> <Exactly>. him. <laughs> and then he would have uh, fallen over and then gotten up and then spent like two minutes like smoothing his hair off to the uh-huh. side. Yeah, and, and grimacing he, at the linesman. Delafeu does not have a haircut that is well suited for the for like northern England in winter, no. right? It's like he has this like it's like a very elaborate haircut that requires a lot of gel, clearly, <laughs> and is like it's like it's 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 really short on the sides and it's it's kind of like a Macklemore cut or something, okay. you know? It's sort of it's like very tell, very tell long, your barber. very long and floppy, uh-huh. and so he's got this kind of like you know like it's sort of like mixed with like a like a like a old like. World War One English soldier or something, you know? It's, right. I don't know. It's like a weird, but he spends like every time you look at him, like like if he's not on the ball, he is adjusting his hair. He is smoothing yeah. it. Yeah, it's. I really am annoyed having Jared Delfeo. <laughs> I, I have to say, I mean, the, the fact that he hasn't got counted, like well, like you know, like four assists haven't counted. Um, uh, that yeah. probably should have. That 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 hasn't helped matters, but yeah. I just don't like him. I don't like yeah. his. Stuff. Not a very likable guy. Uh, but getting back to Yaya Torre, at $8.5 million, what are the odds that he actually uh, continues the uh, 10 minutes th- that we saw of him in this Arsenal game? 
don't it's know. not enough to go on at this point. Uh, we're talking about form all season, and that's that's not enough for him to. It's not enough from him for us to consider a buy. I don't think so. Although he did pick up seven bonus points last game week too. I thought he looked like crap. I mean, I actually I, I tweeted as much on I posted as much on Twitter. Just he just did not have. He looked very disinterested in that match until he scored that kind of fluky goal. But then once he scored the goal, he actually should have had two. I don't know if you saw the end of that match. But I saw I saw one a nice one-two that he had with De Bruyne. Yeah, he put him clean through on goal, and yeah. uh, he missed it by you know maybe maybe a foot. Uh, yeah, yeah it's very close. Yeah. So I think um, you know maybe he'll maybe he'll be into it. I suppose there's a bit of an injury doubt with him now. There's at least a chance that you know he's missed. Um, I mean, he's already missed. Let's see. It looks like he's missed two two games and played 45 minutes or less than 60 minutes in three other games already this season. So I'm not sure that he'll play every fixture. Yaya Torre. Yeah, I mean, he may. I mean, you know, like home to Sunderland, that would, that would be a pretty good chance to rest Yaya Torre. I suppose he's the captain, though. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know if he's a rotation risk during the fixture. Festive fixtures. It it is very tempting to bring in a second Man City player. Whether I turn Ayu into Yaya Torre or I turn Harry. So the Kane thing is tricky for me because I it's very tempting to to move Kane into Aguero, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. That you I have really the resources to, to do that. I do. Oh, I guess um, you when you got rid of Hazard, it freed up a lot of cash. Exactly. So, um, so I, I have the money to do it without any, without burning any points. Uh, but the next match for Harry Kane is at home to Norwich, and you got to keep Kane. Got to keep Kane. You got to keep Kane for that one. I mean, I, I cannot take a, a Harry Kane has scored a very nice goal this week uh, and drop him for Sergio Aguero, who has done nothing so far. And Harry Kane, uh, going back to De La Feo's haircut, has figured out how to have a nice looking haircut that doesn't get in your face. It's true. And did you see the goal Harry Kane scored this game? I, no, I didn't. I didn't watch any of that Spurs game. Tell me about it. Well, he just, uh, well, basically our, our boy, uh, Virgil van Dyke, uh, just made a, a complete hash of things. <laughs> and uh, But it was pretty Thanks. impressive of Kane. I mean, Kane is really, uh, he's a very skilled footballer. I mean, yeah. it's really, he's, he's, he has some, some Wayne Rooney qualities and that he really can, he he can move back, you know, and like the, he'll often start the play. It's very, you know, he really. He's, he's not also just he's, in full full control of his body. You look like a guy like Yaya Torre, where occasionally his brain is moving a little faster than his body can. Right. Uh, but Kane is just he's so fluid for a big guy. He is, and uh, you know, unlike uh, someone like Giroud, I guess who's maybe a little more um, a little more stationed um, around the you know right on the fifteen yard box, right. it feels like um, it feels like Harry Kane. It will, he'll, he'll come back and he'll he'll make a tackle and he'll initiate a you know um, an attack. And uh, so anyway, he dribbled through a couple of uh, Southampton defenders, and uh, and he's a great finisher. Uh, he just you know basically got a. Was it Steckland? No, Stecklenburg was injured, right? So it was whoever the, whoever, the, whoever Southampton's third string uh, keeper is couldn't pick and, him out of a lineup. Yeah, and he, um, well, I think it was the guy who ended last season, right? It was uh, is it Gazinga? Yeah, Paulo <laughs> Paulo Paulo Gazinga, which uh, sounds like some onomatopoeia. Like if somebody makes a really terrible joke, you're like Gazinga. And so he uh, very clinical though, uh, right around Gazinga. And so yeah. that that was it for him. He came off for a moment there. Uh, looks like he's fine though. Uh, he doesn't even have the little seventy five percent 
dot on there. So I have heard. Okay, so I'll jump right to a question quickly, Brandon. Uh, Chris Morin on the Twitter Twitter feed said, "Is it worth selling Kane or Vardy for a Gallo?" And uh, I think. Okay, so I don't think it's worth selling either one for this particular game week. Uh, you know, I mean, so Leicester is a way to. Um, their way to Liverpool. Um, no, re- first of all, I, I don't know that you can really drop Jamie Vardy. I, I, he's I undroppable. I think he's truly undroppable. Yeah. I think that uh, Harry Kane becomes more droppable after this particular game week. Yeah, uh, you know the fixtures tighten up a little bit for them. Yeah, um, but I think that I don't know. I mean, the Gallo. Th- I mean, I guess, um, and it may be that a Gallo we have to think of in the same category as Jamie Vardy. I mean, there's really no reason not to, right? Well, I mean, that that is the tough thing is you've got like how many strikers that are undroppable right now. Vardy, Lukaku, Kane is is getting there. Igalo. They have a truly difficult run of fixtures coming up, though. I will say. I mean, they're away to Chelsea, home to Spurs, home to City, away to Southampton in the next four. Right. Now I know I know that Southampton. I mean Southampton's I guess the easiest fixture. Out of, I mean I mean when away to Southampton is your easiest fixture, you know it's a pretty tough run, right? I mean away to Chelsea. I guess I, have I, you seen Southampton recently? I know I know recently, but you know I, I like to think that they could turn things around a little bit. Right. Uh, but certainly Chelsea, Spurs, City, a Chelsea team that's playing much better now. Um, you know, or the list look look better against Sunderland. Uh, and then Spurs City. I don't know. I mean, but Agala, Agala may be a must-own. I actually think that the better move, I'm assuming, like most people, that your third striker is uh, Lukaku. And I think I would hold off for one game week, and then I would think about bringing in. Um, I would, I would, I, I'm thinking about moving Lukaku to Agalo, okay. starting in game week 19. Okay. Yeah, um, I agree. It's either going to be Lukaku or Kane that mm-hmm. would come out, not Vardy. Right. You're, you're, yeah, you're tempted to make the you're it's, you're tempted to equate va- uh, price value with value in your team, and you're going to want to swap out a price like for another price like, thus the temptation to drop Vardy for Igalo. Right, it's it's true, but yeah, you just shouldn't think that way, um, especially this far into the season. Well, before we get okay, actually, so I want to cover the um, the Watford Liverpool game. So just just to finish up on Arsenal real quick, yeah. does it seem so? The thing about Olivier Giroud. Has, okay. now scored, has now scored in two game weeks, uh-huh. has emerged as an interesting differential, uh, is probably, as I think I mentioned this in last week's podcast, is probably about as likely to start every game week as anybody on this Arsenal yes. team. At this point, yeah. he Wenger likes to start his strikers when they're on form. The thing is, I'm not sure it really matters. Uh, who like So, you know, for me, you know, actually, Brennan, I'm just like thinking this out as we say this. Okay, just from, go with it. Go with it, go, Josh. Going from Harry Kane to Olivier Giroud in game week 19 is very tempting. Okay. So keep Kane for home to Norwich and then drop Kane for the – he's away to Watford and uh, Watford and Everton the next two game weeks. Bring in Giroud, who is home to Bournemouth and Newcastle. That could Shouldn't be interesting. I don't, yeah, my I I don't disagree with you. My only concern is uh, all those people looking at Theo Walcott now. And if I had to choose between Giroud and Walcott, I mean, there are two different positions. Walcott is a midfielder. Um, but I'm going to take Walcott over Giroud. Yeah. yeah. That's my feeling. And we know Giroud is a bit of a streaky striker, though he, he's hit a vein of form here. Um, how long is it going to last? And Walcott seems to really fit into this offense really well. 
Walcott is a very tempting player. Uh, it, it is actually kind of tempting just to move. If I'm not going to bring in Sergio Aguero, if I'm just committed to not doing that, I yeah. could actually I could move someone like Ashley Westwood into Theo Walcott. Uh, and then I've got that, that. But then I've got that tricky five-man midfield situation, which I, I, I prefer not to have if I can avoid it. I know I've been struggling with benching dilemmas all season. I had Deli Ali on the bench. Um, yeah. This week I predicted Ali would get a yellow card. I did not predict he'd also get a goal and an assist. I mean, I think moving forward, I mean, Erickson's got to go, right? Yeah, and yes, Erickson is really the the weak link, which I'm disappointed. I I think I touted him, uh, you know, really without any stats to back it up, and I was hoping that he would come come through for me. But, yeah, that was kind of like my AU pickup. So yeah. you just want you want a slight, you want a bit of a differential. You just want somebody. You don't want someone that everyone else has. It's just it's just more fun. I will always have Erickson's corner kick against Newcastle, and no one can take that away from me at this point. <laughs> well, you're point. certainly not going to drop him for this game week, right? I mean, home to uh, home to Norwich. No, yeah, I'm trying to find a way to fit Ali and Erickson both into my midfield. Um, I'm so, not sure you can, right? No. I mean, who would you who would who would make the bench? Like who? who, who so would, I've, got Bar- I've got Barkley. I've got Bark in my midfield: Barkley, Ali, Erickson, Mares, and Ozil. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then what's Bar- your forward line? Uh, Vardy, Aguero, and Lukaku. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing you could do. You can, you're not going to bench Lukaku away to Newcastle, or I mean, I guess Jamie Vardy. <laughs> but you're not going to bench Vardy, right? <laughs> yeah. Conceivably, you could bench uh, Vardy away to Liverpool. Yeah. Are well, you thinking about just starting Deli Ali straight up over Christian Eriksen? I have to. I have to, based on recent form, and Ali is playing further forward. He's more confident. My only concern with him is he's such a chippy, bitchy player that mm-hmm. uh, he's like he's like that close to getting sent off. It seems in every game. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at this, Walcott priced at eight point three million. I could make money turning Erickson into Walcott, which seems like insanity. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know Walcott dropped tremendously in value because of uh, his injury and the rotation that we saw early in the season. But that's well, that's a move I like. Yeah, Walcott. So Walcott, you know, took the early goal. I didn't feel like he really did anything else in that game, uh, but yeah. it was a tremendous early goal. Yeah, and we know that he beats up on bad teams. So I don't know. It, it could be interesting. But okay, so the crux of the issue here is the injury news that we saw recently about Sanchez, and it looks like he could be further from a return than we once thought. Right. So we thought. Sanchez looked like he was a bit of a, a bit of a game day doubt for this for the for this fixture. Uh, we now find out that he's had a bit of a setback, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, I assume that just means that Wenger had no idea how healthy he was, and uh, just is walking it back now in the press conference. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, what do we what do we think that means? That he like reaggravated it, or do you think it means it's just like they were wrong in their estimates? Uh-huh. I frankly have no idea. I mean, the, yeah. yeah, the the fitness regime at Arsenal seems a little sketch, a little sketch. But yeah, so famous, are you con- famously sketch? I think. Are you convinced? Okay, so the last thing we need to say about this fixture is: at this point, are you convinced that Ozil is a must own? Are you gonna put him into your squad now? <laughs> I don't know. Are you past the Are you past the Rubicon with with Ozil? Well, what's the point? I mean, <laughs> like my season is so. Like I'm, I, it's just it's 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 just down the drain so like uh-huh. so comprehensively. I, what am I just going to own every player that everyone else has? And I just 
I just swim to mediocrity like the last 20 weeks of the season. He's like, a funny think, one, think, Ozil, right? Because, um, I mean, how unsexy is a must-own where he's a must-own because he provides assists every game? I mean, my eyes are completely open about how well he's played this year, and his value is, is obvious. I mean, it's just that, you know, we, as we talked about the last week's podcast, the only way for me to ever catch up, I, it can't just be me making good transfers. I need top players to not play as well, you know? Right, like, right. I need players with huge ownership to be disappointing, and I can have good, and then my players have good game weeks, and by any as 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 anyone who's played this game knows any year but this year players eventually fall off right and they don't yeah. just perform well for 16 weeks in a row um so it, it's just not happening and um i don't know i mean there's some talk that wenger may rest him for a game or two uh or i don't even know what that means probably just one game during the holiday well period, by rest so. does he mean bring him off in the 75th minute against man city which he did today i mean that qualifies as a rest well, apparently he was battling a cold, so I'm not sure if that was rest or if that was just him not being healthy enough to continue. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I think. Um, but it would be, I just by the way, I like, love how battling a cold for a professional athlete means he'll play 75 minutes in the most grueling professional environment <laughs> and yeah, then be yeah, rested yeah. for 15 minutes. Well, that is also like when you. I don't like, know if see, I buy that. It is like one of those things that's hard to keep in your head, like when you see. Um, like it's like you know you see like someone on the on the on the pitch or whatever and like they're like they're just like talking before the game but like they're not able to play in the match and you're like that guy looks fine look at him <laughs> like he's he's walking around he's like in, he's in like tracksuit he's clearly fine <laughs> and and then you forget that like being match fit means like you're running nonstop yeah. for yeah. like seventy five to ninety minutes like with almost, with almost no let up yeah. and it's like well yeah maybe you're fine but you can't, it doesn't mean like you can run like eight and a half miles you know in in, in ninety minutes. Yeah, you're you're at that level of fitness. Plus, guys like James McLean are coming at you at 100 miles an hour, trying to decapitate you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right, so well, I don't so know. I mean, is Ozil must own? Yeah. He I, I, he is. Uh, he has been for a long time, and uh, it was really foolish of me not to bring him in, and I I certainly regret it. Okay. So, but, but yeah. we do have we do have concerns about him factoring into our game plans going into the holiday fixture list sure all right so speaking of waiting for a drop in form let's talk about igalo the watford liverpool game three nothing liverpool absolutely destroyed in every way shape and form yes so i mean i feel like it was how many weeks ago where we were saying liverpool definitely a contender for the league and now here we are wondering uh what klopp is going to do with the squad i know it's really just an extraordinary match uh Really, um, kind of old school. This this Watford team, right? Like it's a four four two, and you've just got these these two strikers. You know, yeah, and they Dini's, just Dini's they just steamroll the ball. Yeah, exactly. Dean is playing just a little behind Agallo, linking up. And I mean, Agallo. First of all, that first goal was ridiculous, right? Like you watch it in replays, and they he kicks the ball out of the goalkeeper's hands, right? Which yeah. I, 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 you can't do, right? Like, am I crazy, or can you not do that? Uh, like, you're you not- holding into it very tightly. You're not meant to. If the goalkeeper's holding on to the ball, yeah, you're not meant to interfere with it. But um, Bogdan just didn't grab hold of the ball enough for the ref to have a clear-cut decision to make. He wasn't confident when he went up for it the first time. And the fact that he didn't just pull the ball down and he was kind of bobbling it, he just opened himself up to something. Opened the door. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. He didn't make a football-like move. 
and I I was still asleep when this match started, and I woke up maybe like in the fourth minute of the match. Okay. And so I found, you know, so immediately uh, it was really just a like I, I was done with this match pretty early. You know, I wake wake up in the fourth minute. They've already conceded a goal. Uh, eight minutes later, Martin Skrtle gets destroyed uh, by Agallo for the second goal. Uh-huh. Uh, Skrtle limps off on the 35th minute, which actually kept a streak alive because I believe that every game week this season, a player on my team has limped off uh, <laughs> at some point, uh, usually before halftime. Uh, so it was, uh, it was like the trifecta was complete, uh, two, you know, two goals conceded and a player lived off and I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm done with this match. Yeah. This match was the nail in the coffin for the Liverpool defense for me. I've been suffering with Nathaniel Klein this, uh, almost this entire season and the clean sheets don't come. Yeah. We were uh, teased with that, with this team for a while. I think, I don't, it's weird. I, I don't know. Like. What what happened to that team from five weeks ago? That played Man City and completely dazzled the entire league. I I don't know. That Firmino sort of appeared like the castle in Castlevania, only to be seen again a thousand years from now. Yeah, I guess that's that you've put it so well, I have nothing else to say, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean and Coutinho was largely played out of this game he wasn't able to contribute jordan henderson had a couple possible moments and um just given the price tag on jordan henderson he seems the most appealing transfer going into the the holiday run so speaking of uh you know as we as we talk about this fixture one thing uh that has been coming up a little bit is you know so one thing that one thing to keep in mind as as we roll into game weeks 18 through 20, the holiday fixtures, you know, it's really valuable to have five midfielders who start because there's a pretty good chance in any given game week that, uh, that one of your midfielders is going to be out for that game, right? Especially like the 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 28, the fixture on the 28th in particular, right? Because it you know, comes two days after uh, the Boxing Day matches. So, yes, a- absolutely. So is there anyone on this? And you may not, I don't know how, fo- how closely you follow this Wat- Watford team, but you know, is there anyone on this Watford team uh, any defender or any any midfielders, excuse me, who you would who you would think about bringing in? I mean, it's really it, it feels like it's all Legallo and Dini, right? I mean, there's a little bit of a little bit of Nyam too. I don't know. I guess Kapu. Uh, he, he seems uh, he's more of a, a deep lying midfielder, but he is all over that midfield, bossing it. Yeah, and um, he'll be a guaranteed there's... start, so you at least know you can get pen- points off the bench with him. Yeah, it, it seems like he, I felt like he was a little more he was a little more influential the first half of the season. I feel like we haven't seen quite as much from him uh, the second half of the season. But yeah, I, I, I guess the, none of these guys really jump off the jump off the. The problem is none of these guys are that cheap. Like any of the players that you want, and you can bring in Deli Ali for basically the same price. So why not just bring in Ali for an extra like? Point two or point three million, yeah. and if all you have is is four point five million or less, then I would be looking at those Bournemouth midfielders instead. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> okay, so Watford, it's pretty limited options. Dini Igalo, maybe Kapui, but forget their midfield. It's it's the defense for Watford that is appealing. You're okay. a huge you're a huge Cathcart guy, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they used to call me Cathcart back in the days. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean the the player to bring in is is clearly uh, Niam. Do we actually know how to say his name for real? Like Niam is that, how do you say that guy's name? Uh, I have no idea. 
I'm just, I have no let's, idea. Nyam. Let's, let's just go with, you know, from now on, let's call Nyam by his, his first name. It's a nice, yeah. simple name to pronounce. Right. Alan Dash Romeo. So from now on, instead of, instead of the tricky Nyam, Alan Dash Romeo is what we'll call him. <laughs> that sounds good. Alan yeah, Dash Romeo. Yeah. So no, Alan, Alan Dash Romeo at 4.7 million is probably the player I'd look at bringing in. Yeah, I mean, Ake has looked really good for them, but he is cup-tied against Chelsea because he's a lone player from them. So he's not going to be able to play in their match in game week 18. Yeah, I mean, you kind of missed the boat on the Watford defenders, right? Like, you don't you don't want them for the next four game weeks. No, like, yeah, the, the next time you'd want, you'd want an Watford defender, I guess, is maybe game week 22 or 23. I mean, they could, like, nip a clean sheet here and there. Like, it wouldn't be shocking if they kept a clean yeah. sheet away to Southampton or something. But yeah. I wouldn't be burning a transfer right now to bring in a Watford team that's away to Chelsea and then home to Spurs and Man City in the next, you know, three game weeks. Yeah. Like I was saying about the Liverpool um, defense, I really want to get rid of Klein, um, but I'm not getting anything out of Virgil van Dijk right now. So I've spent a considerable amount of time going back and forth on the fixture list between Southampton and Liverpool. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that Liverpool is going to keep a clean sheet, you know, against a League Two side, Um, but Klein is gone. Like he's got to be gone. So Uh, it's going to be. So you think Klein out for Toby? Yeah, Toby, I mean, there is an appeal to uh, Eric Dyer just because he is considerably cheaper than Toby. True. I mean, I don't know. I mean, let's talk about this. So what are the strikes for and against Eric Dyer versus Toby Alderwald? Well, I guess the it does seem like Toby Alderwald is a little, well, it's a tricky one. I mean, he looks better, like from like a... a non-fantasy point of view like it feels yes. like he's more influential in the game yes uh i don't th- i mean in terms of bonus points uh toby has seven uh dyer has uh three so you're getting a few more bonus points from toby so and, far in the season and three surely goal- dyer has three bonus points in one match in which he probably scored a goal right yeah um, yeah it was yes. in uh, game week five against sunderland when he was had the game winner and a clean sheet yeah, didn't actually pick up a, a bonus point in the uh, in, in game week sixteen when he scored against uh, Newcastle, uh, which isn't a huge surprise because they conceded two goals. Uh, I think in terms of where they play in the midfield, I mean, it, I actually don't think that makes a huge. I don't think that makes him like he's an out of position player at this point, but he's a defensive midfielder, so it's not right. like uh, you know, it's not that doesn't make a huge. It's not like he's playing as a as a winger or something, you know. And there's so much attack in that Spurs midfield and forward line that it's not like Dyer is mixing it up and getting in that three man weave and ripping shots from twenty yards out. It's not. Yeah, happening. yeah, exactly. You made that sound so cool, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, come to my uh, tactics session. I'll tell you all about the three man weave. So maybe you're right. Maybe Dyer is the way to go. I mean, there's there's very little rotation risk there, right? I mean, he, Dyer started uh, yeah. six, 16 out of 17 game weeks. Uh, Alderweireld uh, has started um, every game week. Uh, so, but you know, very little difference there. Yeah, it's um, just a Liverpool yeah. game that Dyer has missed, and that was because he had uh, maxed out his yellow card capacity. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I, I don't know. I think um, I mean you know Toby he he has 15 points more than Dyer in the season, which I guess is uh, you know one more game week and uh, more bonus more, points, a few, a few more bonus points. And Wait, uh, it's it's his two goals to Dyer's two goals. It's Dyer has three goals, but Toby has two goals and two assists. Uh, okay, and, okay, and more bonus points. And All right, I, 
I think I need help from the community out there. Please tweet us and let me know if I should go with Dyer or Alderwald. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah, because it would be nice to save that point seven million. I, I I do hear what you're saying. To be yeah. honest, I I feel like I like in my head I like want you to pick Dyer because I I'm more scared of Alderwald for some reason. So <laughs> I take that for what you will. <laughs> is that some reverse reverse psychology that you're pulling on me? Does, it's true. Um, do I take that to mean you really want me to get Dyer? It, no, it, it it truly isn't, or is it? Okay, so yeah. I'm getting Vertonghen. It's done. You know, so you're not even thinking about Broadway Danny Rose. He's not. <laughs> he's not even on the on your radar anymore. I mean, he was. Yeah. I know he was. Yeah, he had illness this week, but I mean, Danny Rose has looked fantastic so far in the season. I, when Danny Three Rose is, yeah, when he's on, there, there's no finer winger in the league, uh, in my opinion, but. Yeah, it's been tough for him to find a rhythm this season. It has been a little, yeah, a little tough. But you know, but I, I, he was a danger for the first, you know, half of the season. Yeah, I mean, if he's prone to illness, I don't like players prone to illness. I don't even like people prone to illness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Liverpool's Liverpool's out. Watford is um, is on the back burner due to their upcoming fixtures. The last game week uh, seventeen fixture we want to talk about is Everton Leicester. What else can we say other than um, Maras and Vardy are undroppable? Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so let's try to find something, a new way to talk about this Leicester team for a minute. Okay. Uh, so my, the, my like, little bullet points here, the first one is, could, should you just be captaining Leicester players every game week without exception? Like, could, yeah. should you just captain Jamie Vardy every single – like – but you know, because like earlier on the season, we talked about uh, we we've, we we were just talking about we were doing it. We were captaining Aguero game week and game you know game week in and game week out um, based on you know four years of evidence. But you know we now have seventeen weeks of Jamie Vardy, and the guys get it done every week. And I mean, even even our week who doesn't score, he picks up eight points from two assists. Right. Well, Mares though, Mares or, or, or Mares, yeah, either right. one. I mean, I, I'm certainly. I do feel. I do feel. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but I think we both feel foolish not captaining Mares or Vardy going into this game. We both captain Lukaku. <laughs> if you pull up Riyad Mares right now, I, I cannot believe his his scores the last three game weeks. Yeah, 20, 21, 13, and fifteen in each of the he, last three game weeks. It's crazy that we're not we're not really seriously. I, maybe I should just put a, put the armband on him right now, Will Liverpool. I mean, that, this guy looks so good right now. He's had 9 weeks where he's hit double digits in points. Uh, it's extraordinary. 13 you, goals and 7 assists on this season. How many go, the, how many goals and assists do you think he had last year? Let me let me ask goals first. Uh Mara's goals last year 2. 4. Okay. And assists. Mm. Six, five. <laughs> okay, I overshot. I felt bad. I undersold him when goals, so I overshot the assist. So he's he's more than triple this goal threat from last year, <laughs> and he has uh, two more assists already in the season with with a, a half a season and one game left to go. Yeah, I, I think I'd much rather set it and forget it with Mares uh, than Vardy. It's a it's a know. tough call. I it think. is a tough call. Mares is on penalties, uh, which does make him yeah. a, little, a little more dangerous, I suppose. Yeah. You're certainly not going to have every week. You're not going to see him pick up yeah. uh, two penalties. Yeah. And I, do, I, think, I, I think if I were to put the armband on, I mean, I know this flies in the face of what we're actually seeing here. Uh, but if I were to put the armband on one player, I think I would actually be Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Uh, just because he's, he's, so, he's so lethal and he's the tip of the spear. Is, he's the tip of the spear, exactly. 
Well, so, okay, if there are any people out there that dislike Lester, I think what we can do is we can all agree to just armband Mares and Vardy from here on out, and that's a surefire way to get them to not perform. <laughs> that's right. I mean, so, all, our captaincy choices, like, never work out. So that will just be the way it goes. So, uh, okay, so my second bullet here is when do we start unloading Everton players? Now, <laughs> for me, it's, 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 I have an Everton defender, so I, I'm, I, oh, I have poor, oh, I made some poor defender choices this year. Uh, so, it seemed like a sure bet uh, at the start of the, of, of the run. Yeah, I brought him in for a run where they were playing like the worst five teams in the league, and I think they've conceded like eighteen goals or something. Uh, <laughs> just ter- terrible. Uh, and he like, I mean, he barely plays defense, right? Like, you almost never see Seamus Coleman on like the defensive end of the pitch. Yeah, like, him and Baines whole- just pop up at the corner of the eighteen-yard box. <laughs> Everton basically plays with two defenders. The poor, uh-huh. poor, poor Funes Morty and John Stones are like doing everything <laughs> back there. Yeah, yeah, thankless. Uh, yeah, so they, guarding a, a hapless Tim Howard sometimes. So they conceded. This is actually a pretty fun game. Did you watch this game? I agree. It was. It started off very slowly, but um, as soon as the uh, as soon as Lester scored and and Everton followed, it was then became everything I promised to be. Right. Yeah, I mean, it didn't start that slowly. Right, it was like eighteen minutes in or something. <laughs> Too slow for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just a wild game. I mean, after that Bournemouth Man United goal, if a team doesn't score an Olympico in the first three minutes, I'm prone to turn the channel. So I, I've been feeling so as the season, the last couple of game weeks, um, I'm, I'm sort of coming to terms with with the season, and just like just I'm just having an off year, right? Whatever it happens. Mm-hmm. So as as the year as my like year starts to like take a, a bit of a tumble or whatever. Uh, or I, I just sort of drift further away from contention. I, I'm starting to like remember that there's like actual football that isn't fantasy related that's that's going on. Right. Like that, like I can actually root for teams like Bournemouth to stay up or Leicester you to win the title. Pure. So, yeah, there are pure watches out there to be. There had. are a lot of pure watches out there. So I found myself. I was sad that I didn't get more points from Lukaku and kind of annoyed because I knew a lot of people had Captain Mars this week. But I was also excited for Lester because I am so all in right now in this title chase. Like how oh, for sure. awesome how awesome would it be if Lester actually won the league? It'd be so cool. The energy the- that the energy that was coming from Lester after Okazaki scored that goal, like they looked like they were going like the field was gonna rise up and shoot off into space. They were so excited. Yeah, seriously. It was yeah, just so it's really fun to to watch to watch what's going on right there. I mean, and at Bournemouth too. I mean, you know, another win for them. So that's okay. That's but you're awesome. you're getting away from your original question of when do we offload yes. our Everton players? I am. Yes, because <laughs> uh, it's too depressing of a question. Uh, so right. let's Lukaku, just get swept away in the Leicester excitement. So Lukaku has like almost become the forgotten man uh, because even though he's scored in uh, what is now seven, seven consecutive, consecutive yeah. game weeks, including yeah. two goals in one of those games, um, falling off a little bit because he's actually scoring seven games in a row is not enough for him to be one of the top strikers of the last several game weeks. Um, and if you've, if you've kept, I mean, I guess you, you got more cause you captained him last game week when I captained Kane, right. but in, in general, you would have been better off just keep, like forgetting you had a team and just keeping that armband on Jamie Vardy or Brad Mares for, for absolutely. I would have, I think that, okay. So Lukaku is not a, an imminent transfer out. I don't think, um, cer- certainly not for this game week. I think for game week 19, it'd be okay to start to, to bring him out. Uh, okay. that, that's, that's at home to Stoke. Um, uh, 
you certainly wouldn't be disappointed if you had him for that game week. Right. Um, but I think, and so, so for me, I guess I'm planning to keep my Everton players for the next two game weeks, maybe three. Yeah. Uh, and then dropping them, starting to drop them around game week 21 when they're away to Man, they're away to Man City and away to Chelsea back to back games. Right. And game uh, week 20 before Man City, they're home to Spurs, which, right, um, which is, is a tough start. one to call. Right. So, you know, the 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 fabled Everton run, which has really kind of fallen flat, I'd say. Yeah. Um, you know, the last four game weeks, uh, they've picked up three points and um, you might they have just, expected them to pick up all 12 points from those game weeks. Yeah, they do seem like they're running out of gas. And just to go back to what we were saying earlier, um, Lukaku might be the one that you're dropping for Igalo. Yeah, exactly. So it's a. Uh, I don't know. I think Lukaku stays for a while, um, but yeah, maybe maybe Lukaku out in game week twenty one, and that would sort of allow you to skirt some of those really tough Watford fixtures too. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, I mean, just looking at these other game week seventeen fixtures, uh, Chelsea won, Norwich beat United. Oh, David De Gea! <laughs> I just counted him for one thing. I know you you got you got a clean sheet out of David De Gea. Yeah, I know. I mean, are they going to get their mojo back defensively? United, I think there are a lot of concerns. Yeah, when they when managers. they fire when they fire Van Gaal and they bring in Jose Mourinho, I assume they'll get their mojo back a little bit. Uh, there's no way that's going to happen, Mourinho. I, I think I don't know. I, I I can see it happening. Isn't that? I mean, you're just bringing in a manager to come in and destroy your squad even more. It's yeah. not like Mourinho goes and builds goodwill anywhere. There's something about that culture at Chelsea. It, it, it's a weird, maybe because they've won so much in, in so many different ways. I, I, I think, I think, I don't know. For some reason, it actually seems like Manu, despite the fact that that Mourinho, I don't know. I, I can actually see him slotting into that team a little bit better. I mean, it wasn't like Alex Ferguson wasn't a larger than life personality too. Uh, I mean, it's, it's true, it's, you know. And, and and now it's been three years, right? So he's, and he's really receded to the background. That first year with Moyes, I felt like Ferguson was as much a story as, as Moyes was that year. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, but you know, the last two years, I mean, part of it's Van, Van Gaal has his own kind of quirky personality as well. Uh, right. but that, that team, I mean, like, Oh, I, I would be so frustrated if I were a Man U fan, right? <laughs> I mean, that is just it is so. Fr- it's it's they're not. I have always enjoyed watching Man U teams. Yeah, yeah. All, all over. I, I'm not a Man U fan, but I've always enjoyed watching them play. There's a certain they're they're very, it's very spirited team. They have a, they have a great stadium, great fans at home, and this team this year just it's so boring. It's right. so it's not fun at all. Yeah, no personality. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't explain it. I mean, you know, why why there isn't any more of a spark there? I mean, you, you have enough good players and Andre Herrera and Juan Mata and you know Anthony Marshall. It just seems like I don't know. It seems like that team should be more fun to watch. Yeah, well, just just no driving force, no driving personality in that team. And if if Rooney's not the center of it, they they yeah. don't have anyone to replace him. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. Uh, so speaking of frustration, let's let's get to some questions that came to us by way of our Twitter and Facebook. Uh, here we have one from uh, Sammy Otiono, and uh, he's asking us, I'd like you to discuss template teams as the game is boring now. Everyone's got same players, same team. Yeah, I feel like we, we got into this a little bit earlier on in the podcast. Uh, it's it, it is a little, I mean... It's a little bit like uh, if you can't beat them, join them, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. this is one way to play the game is, is there will be seasons where players are just assumed. And this season, 
it's more than usual. Like it's five, six, seven players that are templated as opposed to three or four. But the game then the game then exists on the edges, and that's where your fun can be. Who are you going to start in your defense? I mean, this clean clean sheets are um, are a true game this season. They're impossible to call. That's true, and and that's and you know and like if you're even within twenty or thirty points of the top of your mini league or or whatever. Uh, I, I do think that's true. I, mean, I think if you're 140 points back or whatever, then it's kind of it is it is kind of frustrating. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because that's kind of where I find myself right now. But uh-huh. uh, I, I, that is exactly why I'm saying that. Uh, but I think um, I, I, I just don't think it'll last. I, I, I just don't. I, I don't know how it could. Right? I it mean, never does. What, it what never is does. Also going to get 47 assists on the season. I mean, at some point, everyone loses their form. I mean, this is just how 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 I mean, like. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's science, but certainly, like all of the all of the evidence that we have uh, about <laughs> the way the players perform, like it would, yeah. it would defy everything if we had seven players who scored every single week the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, so it will it will change, and the I mean, you know, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Like, it's like you almost just like put your head down, like get like if you don't have all of these guys. Right now, and, and I find myself. I mean, it's not like I don't have any of them, right? I've got most of them at this point, right? Um, as well, but if you don't have, you know, you just gotta like wait it out because we've got. I still have three chips I haven't used. All three chips. Uh, you know, we all get a wild card in the second half of the season. We can use anytime we want. Um, you know, there's no. It's not in January this year. It's you, know, you can use it at any point. Right. Um, so uh, we got a lot of double game weeks coming up. So there's a lot of interesting challenges that that will happen. I mean, so it's like you just. We just gotta, you know, those of us who are who are struggling this year just have to get through the next few game weeks. And I think, uh, you know, I think there's still a shot for for something. I don't even know what I'd be shooting for at this point. I guess <laughs> like top three. If I could, I guess, I guess I'm shooting for third place. Maybe I can squeeze my way up into third place. Uh, you make a good point about the chips. I totally forgot about chips. So <laughs> Sammy, remember the chips. Oh, right. that's right. You've already used one of your chips. I use my all at attack chip. To, to have no impact whatsoever. That's right, because someone didn't start. Oh, I think it was Mesut Ozil. It was Sorry. Ozil. Yeah. The one week he didn't start. Oh, uh, everyone loves Ozil so much. Not me. <laughs> I haven't forgot about my all-out attack. <laughs> all right, next question from Facebook. It comes from Christoph Zasso. He says, who are your favorite budget defenders for the coming weeks? And uh, this t- does fold into our, uh, our optimizer for the festive fixtures. But... Um, we were really high on Stoke defense one or two weeks ago, and uh, your main man Wolshide. Are we still big on Stoke? I mean, the the match against Crystal Palace could very well be an outlier. That was a really tough match yeah. for them. Uh, Crystal th- Palace played very well. I would just yeah, I would just call that an outlier. I mean, because if we look at what that Stoke defense has done. Uh, against basically everybody, including you know teams as, as as good as Man City over the last, you know, I mean Man City, uh, you know Southampton, Chelsea. I mean they've they've had a lot of really big wins, yeah. um, and uh, they've got clean sheets and it looks like well you know it's a lot of games. Let's just <laughs> leave that. What is it? Three, four, five. Uh, seven of the last ten matches they've kept clean sheets. Yeah. So certainly it's nothing to. Um, yeah, I, I would. I, I'm very big on Wilshide. Uh, yeah. 
Who else? I mean, I guess. Um, well, uh, so Danny Simpson from Leicester, he's coming on strong. And God, I've got Robert Huth coming back from his uh, yellow card suspension. And I've actually come around on Robert Huth. He's just sort of like the teddy bear in my team. Yeah. Or my, my talisman. Just sort of happy to yeah. have him. And game week 20, they're home to Bournemouth. I mean, you know, it, it would be nice to have him for that match. Yeah. Uh, hard, I guess hard to wholeheartedly recommend a Leicester defender, but they have plenty of cheapos. Danny yeah. Simpson, uh, Wes Morgan, uh, Robert Huth, all, all sub 4.3. I will say that uh, and this is not not a very sexy choice, but I think uh, Aston Villa um, actually has some pretty good cheap uh, defenders that you might want to look at. Their next few game weeks are actually pretty light. Uh, they're home to West Ham, and they're away to Norwich and Sunderland. Mm-hmm. And they have been playing a little bit better. I, actually, I thought they had a pretty heartening um, heartening draw away to Newcastle. Um, that game, I, it was kind of a weird game because it rained so hard, but I do think, um, I thought they played pretty well in that match. I actually thought they looked a little better than Newcastle. Right. Um, uh, Micah Richards is expected to be back uh, this weekend. So, um, I mean, it's always a gamble, you know, with, with that. Uh, I mean, the Sassanville team is not a t- like, if, if you're looking for a cheap. I guess I would rather have an Aston Villa defender over the next few game weeks than I would a Watford defender. I was looking at cheap defender options. Yeah. Well, um, so uh, Newcastle. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, maybe maybe Jan Mott, although he's not that cheap. I think he's like four point nine million. Yeah. Well, well, West Brom. Talking about my transfer earlier, Craig Dawson. Uh, West Brom has Swansea, Newcastle, and Stoke coming up. And you can get Jonas Olsen for four four point three million. He's played the full ninety in the last five games. He was kind of a rotation risk earlier in the season, but that's a solid defense that you can buy into for less than four point five. You know, Brennan, I think that is an excellent pick. I think that that, in fact, I think that is the best possible pick. Uh, well, better well than Jeff. Better than Jeff Cameron. It's up there, and Wolfsfight is up there too. But I, I think, I think you, yeah. I, I looking at the next, like looking specifically at the the holiday fixtures. I think if I was looking for a cheap defender, that West Brom is the way I would go as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's agreed. The uh, official always cheating sub four point five pick of the week, <laughs> Jonas Olson. Joni Olson. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, sure. Next question comes from Facebook. Uh, Trevor, or actually, I can't read your writing. It might be Travis Ingerson. Uh, says, uh, if a tree falls in the woods and no one is around, did Ozil still get the assist? Yeah, I think question. that's a pretty, that's a a pretty easy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ozil got it. Does. it. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and Delafeu wouldn't, I think, is really uh, the answer there. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Ozil actually passes it directly to people's feet. Like, Delafeu just sort of, like, cross it. It is the product of being a winger. You're crossing it in. Crossing <laughs> I I, it is a, is a little more scattershot than passing to feet from the middle of the field. I think I should just start a second podcast where I just talk about how much I dislike Gerald DeFeo for the next, for like a full hour. Yeah. It's just, tell, you know, like, yeah, tell me I when think, it happens. I'll subscribe. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people will. All right. Uh, I'll take the next one, too. Uh, this is from, um, uh, I think it's uh, Shabo. Shutsi. Uh AU Barkley Alley. What do I do with these guys? Uh, I have AU and I'm not particularly keen uh, to move him from one of the other two because I feel they are all each other in disguise. <laughs> Inconsistent benching headaches. <laughs> That's not good. No, that is I, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I have I have Barkley and Ali at the moment, and I did shed Andre Ayu. I assume you're not talking about Jordan. I did shed Ayu to get 
Barkley into my squad. So I feel your pain. Yeah. Uh, I do have a bench headache every week. I think if I – okay, so you know it's interesting you brought up Crystal Palace earlier because I think that if you were looking for an interest – for like a differential option, I think it's hard to pick the right one, I guess. Um, You know, Yannick Belasi could be an interesting option. I mean, like that that price point is kind of right there, right in that like – Five to seven million range. Uh-huh. If you had a little more money, I think that uh, Theo Walcott might be the player to bring in. We talked about him earlier in the podcast. Yes, at eight point three. At eight point three. So you know, a bit, a bit more. Uh, Aaron Ramsey is only eight point one, and uh, I thought he looked pretty good in this match. Almost scored a goal. Yeah, yeah. Joe Hart. Sure. Joe Hart stopped that goal with his head. You need to watch <laughs> re- a replay of this if you haven't seen okay. it. He did he take a big? Sw- did he take a big swig of water from his uh, water jug after? It was crazy. It was like that Phil Jones like defensive play last year. Like it was, his head was the only <laughs> yeah. thing left to stop the ball. <laughs> That's amazing. I have to check that out. Yeah. So what? Okay. So yeah, it is a good question though because I, I think he's right. I think um, I don't think I. Even though you picked up nine points from Barkley this week, kind of a lucky last goal, if you ask me, or last last assist. Well, tell me how was it lucky? I'm just lucky in the sense that it was like they weren't like doing anything, and then all it of a sudden, was. like like Kevin Morales, like. I mean that guy. His accuracy. He's got like the worst accuracy in the league, right? That guy. That guy takes like a million shots every time he's on the pitch, and usually the ball is like forty yards over the net. Yeah. So you know, like the game is basically over, and then he yeah. kind of kicks a ball at him, but probably really just set. It wasn't like I feel like it wasn't like he was set up to shoot. It was more like they were kind of setting up a play again, and then Morales is like, "Oh, I have the ball," which means right. I have to shoot it again, or like shoot it right away. So Morales uh, shoots and. Uh, it looked awesome because all of his goals look good because he hits everything like 100 miles an hour. Yes. Uh, but That's the uh, accuracy. Yeah, or 140 kilometers an hour, <laughs> if you will. And, uh, yeah, it, so it was just uh, – yeah, it was just – All right, so, yeah, so here's my like, take. Ayu, mm-hmm. no, get rid of him because he's one man adrift in a non-functioning office uh, – in a non-functioning <laughs> offense. That sounds like me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barkley, get rid because he is a, a – Streaky guy in a streaky, streakily functioning offense. Ali is the best option here because Spurs, while they can be low, low scoring sometimes, that is a highly functional offensive unit. And Ali has proven that he is uh, a main focal point of how they work. And I think he'll be like that for the remainder of the season. You know, I think um, Willian is kind of an interesting person in that sub seven million price bracket. Uh, I briefly thought about bringing him in uh, actually for this game week. Uh, didn't I? Didn't end up doing it. Uh, but he is—he's six point nine million. Uh, he's playing for a uh, Chelsea team that looked a lot better already, uh, which kind of basically proved that they quit on Jose Mourinho, right? Because like instantly they're like they look great and they scored two goals in the first ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, but you know they're home to Watford. Um, Way to Man United, way to Crystal Palace, home to West Brom. Um, none of these fixtures are particularly scary. I think he's a guaranteed start all, over all three of those game weeks. Um, so I don't know. I mean, but yeah, it's 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 a hard, it's always hard to find consistency in that in that sub seven million range. I mean, I, I guess do love what, I, seven yeah. five, but like sub even sub eight million, right? It's just kind of a tricky. Maybe maybe Ramsey, but you know Ramsey's only at some point Ramsey's. I mean, I, I guess Ramsey does start, but certainly when he gets moved. Um, 
we're, we're actually, I guess he's kind of like farther back in that offense when, when Alexis Sanchez plays. I mean, Sanchez is on the wing. I don't really know. That Arsenal formation, I don't totally understand. <laughs> it's pretty fluid. It's pretty yeah. fluid, so I don't yeah. blame you. Yeah. No, I, I, I do like the Willian call, though, because there's always something, there's always a good feeling having a guy in your midfield who is on every dead ball. And, right. Yeah. Uh, there's always an opportunity there. Exactly. And it's so funny, right? Because kind of, I feel like William was like the least interesting player on that Chelsea team last year. It's like true. He yeah. Played he's almost, true. Yeah. He played almost every game week last year. And it felt like he had like zero goals and one assist the whole season. Do you know what it was? It was when uh, Brazil killed the U.S. five to one in that friendly and William had an amazing game. And ever since he's been the man on Chelsea. So thank the U.S. for that. Yeah, interesting. It's like when Novak Djokovic led the uh, Serbian team to Davis Cup glory uh, about, five, about, about five years ago, and he suddenly like came back to the uh, ATP Tour, and he won three out of the four majors the next year. And he was just yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I'm great." And I just like had to do <laughs> something good for my country, and everybody like tell me how much they love me for me to like realize how great I am. Yeah, yeah. So See, uh, I can make a cross sport comparison, Brandon. Uh, just like me and my uh, basketball. Uh, knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last question is from Junior Nakatukana, uh-huh. uh, and he says some good differential mids. Think Coutinho is on the chopping block. So I think we just ran through a pretty good list of differential midfielders there. Yeah. But Coutinho, you were really seriously bringing him in for game I, week seventeen. I definitely thought about it. Um, I just thought his, at his price. First of all, we. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I didn't because I, I was I had some concerns about that Watford defense, which you know they play really well at home, and yeah. uh, I thought what what happened might end up being what happened. So, um, but I actually think if I were to bring in a Liverpool player now, I think and we talked about this at the, at the start of the podcast, I think that Jordan Henderson is the one I would definitely be looking at. I mean, that he's at, you know six point five million. Um, they're home to Leicester, away to Sunderland, away to West Ham the next three game weeks. I think he'll probably start. All th- I actually don't know if we'll start all three of them. I think he'll probably start two out of three and then come off the bench for one of those three. Maybe. Um, I, I mean, he's played the full 90 of the last two games. He looks yeah. to be full match fit, and he's the captain of that squad. He's on the cover of the FIFA video game, for crying out loud. That's true. You, you got to play him around Christmas time when everyone's getting their new uh, their new FIFA disc. It is crazy, that ankle thing, where they're just like, no, this is just you. This is just the rest of your life. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no cure. It's just, it's it's like, just pain. It's like, He's like Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, he's like Iron Man. Uh, so I think I think he would be worth it. The nice thing about bringing someone like him in, too, is at that price point, you don't expect huge returns the whole time. You know, when you get up to even like 8.5 or so, you really want – you want pretty consistent attacking returns. But at 6.5, right, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a fourth midfielder, maybe even yeah. a fifth. Yeah. I agree that that Liverpool team, though. I'm, I'm a little scared of it right now, fantasy-wise. Scared to have like like a little like jumpy about having anybody on that team. I am a jumpy, yeah. Klein's out, and then I'll I might stay away for a while now. I'm feeling a little jumpy myself. Uh, it's it's a weird. Something has to change. I mean, they're 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 a little. The defense is not helping them right now. I mean, and if Skirtle's out the this next game week, then it's it's really not going to be good. Uh, because I think Lucas was playing as a defender, right? Didn't he move? Yeah, he, yeah. he dropped into central defense after yeah. uh, Skirtle yeah. was out. Yeah. The, the giant man that Lucas is. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've danced around it long enough. Let's let's jump into the optimizer and yeah. go look at our holiday just, fixture list. 
as predicted, we spent about what was it? Only like fifteen minutes on the podcast, right, Brennan? We like zipped through the first part. Yeah, we've only just begun. <laughs> All right, so it's uh, like that feeling we had uh, at the end of Star Wars: The Force Awakens. We were like, okay, we we'll sit here for another three hours. Let's bring on the next movie. That's yeah. how everyone listening to Always Cheating right now is feeling. They're like, great. I hope it's just starting. So in the end, though, because we we actually have been talking about these game weeks the whole time. So in in some ways, we've we've, we've we moved the preview into the rest of the podcast, but uh, just a couple. It's a, a holistic couple, approach. Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, I sort of had a few different points that I wanted to hit quickly. Uh, Should we hit upon uh, if if maybe some listeners this is their very first FPL season? Some overarching ways to approach the three quick games in succession. Right. So the way the yeah. So the we have game weeks eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Uh, game week 18 is, I believe, every fixture is on Boxing Day, right? I don't think it's correct. Matches on the following yes. day. Yep, all on the 26th. Yep. And then uh, there's, so you have one day off, you got to reset your team, and uh, matches start up on Monday. Eight of the 10 matches for that game week are on Monday. One match is on Tuesday, one match is on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Thursday and Friday off, and then that weekend is a full run of fixtures again. So right. three fixtures uh, in. Eight or nine days. I can't remember if there are matches on Sunday of that game week. And it's huh. virtually guaranteed that you're going to have some crazy results here, unpredictable results, and lots of squad rotation. Yeah. Uh, last year was a bit of an exception. I don't know if yeah. you remember. It was kind of a strange one in that uh, maybe, it was, uh, maybe it was just because Jose Mourinho uh, didn't rotate his team very much at all last year, which probably explains part of what's happening this year. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I felt like most of the top players actually played every game. I can't remember ever having a week where, because in, in years past, you will have game weeks where you can't even field a full 11, right? Yeah. Like that right. many players are subbed out or get injured or whatever, that suddenly you're working with 10 people. And sometimes your captain and your vice captain are playing, you know, and right. like things can really spiral out of control. Uh, really hoping that happens with Mesut Ozil. Uh, I'd love a couple <laughs> for your six. I want a red card and then to have it rescinded and then for him to get a red card again the next game. <laughs> <laughs> Fair that would be outrageous. Uh, yeah. So um, as it comes very fast, I mean, obviously, like the, the the big key is to make sure you set your team and reset your captains. This is what happens to a lot of a lot of people. Don't um, yeah, maybe, don't it, don't hit the nog too hard and uh, and uh, pass out and forget to set your team. Doesn't matter as much this year because uh, players never like never fail to perform this year, but I'm assuming that, well, I don't know. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, I, like none of the top players have great fixtures. Um, at least, at least like a, a full run of great fixtures. I mean, right. Even, you know, like we were talking about how you can just captain a Leicester player every game week. You know, they are, they're away to Liverpool and home to Man City. Those are not great fixtures. No, no, not at all. Uh, you know, Arsenal probably has the best run of fixtures. They're, a way to a Southampton team that's not playing very well right now, and then they're home to Bournemouth and Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, you definitely want an Arsenal player for the Christmas fixtures. Uh, I think whatever transfer I end up making this week will be an Arsenal transfer. Okay. Uh, I think uh, Man City have some pretty excellent game weeks, too. Or, you know, excellent fixtures coming up. Uh, home to Sunderland, away to Leicester, away to Watford. Uh, you really think those are, given the form that Leicester and Watford are in right now, you think... Well, those I don't know if I'd be, fixtures. I don't know if I'd bring in a uh, a Man City defender for those fixtures, but no. I would certainly. I mean, 
Lester does not keep they you know they they don't keep very many clean sheets and I, I can't see them keeping a clean sheet away to or with you know even home to Man City. <laughs> Plug your ears, Robert Huth. I know I was saying really great things about you, but it's true. They won't keep a clean sheet. <laughs> and that and that home fixture to Sunderland. I mean, assuming that that full eleven plays, that could be like a six-one game. Yeah. Come on, Sergio. Uh, <laughs> and then away to Watford. That's not a great fixture, I suppose. I suppose you're right about that one. Uh, but you know, there, it's not it's not bad. And Liverpool's fixtures are actually okay too. Uh, you know, home to Leicester, away to Sunderland, away to West Ham. Again, again, I'm talking mostly about uh, about attack here. Although honestly, it's hard to pick a good defense right now. It's a total crapshoot. But um, you know, I was pulled into the West Brom. Um, argument where they are away to Swansea who cannot score a goal to save their life and then they host Newcastle and Stoke. Stoke one of the lowest scoring teams in the league this season. So uh, like like we were saying Jonas Olsen, Craig Dawson, if you still have um, uh, my, Boaz Myhill in goal um, right. those guys are looking good and also defense uh, talking about squad rotation, it's good to look at these with a defensive mindset because the defense is where you see the least amount of squad rotation. Right. Uh, that is that is true. And actually, that, that's true just in general. It's actually another one of my uh, piece of advice, which is that uh, players on mid-table and lower-table teams uh, have lower rotation risks, right, because their squads just aren't as big. Right. So, um, you know, there's no re- – you know, my what I wrote down actually was that there's no reason to avoid Leicester or Watford attackers despite tough fixtures. Uh, in some ways, they're not even uh, they're not mid table or lower table teams at this point. They're both top of the table teams. Uh, but I think you know if you wanted you know someone like Arnautovic is probably going to start and play ninety minutes in all three of these fixtures, right? Right. Um, you know if you wanted uh, you know Wijnaldum, you know I, I know he kind of disappointed at home to that Estoril game was kind of a write off though because that rain was coming down so hard it wasn't a normal it was, game. The fact that you could see it so clearly on the television usually means it's awful because it's surprising how many times it's pouring rain at these Premier League fixtures, but you can't even tell looking at the TV. Yeah, it's yeah, it is true. Like I don't know how they do that. Like just, <laughs> I guess it's just it's far enough away that you just can't. I don't know. Yeah, right, right. But the way that pitch was getting so waterlogged, it just showed how horrible those conditions were. Yeah. So I think. Uh, you know, and, and the West Brom is probably the same way, where like that that does make their defensive transfers a little a little more attractive because uh, you can feel pretty confident that uh, Tony Pulis is going to be setting basically the same defense through all three of those fixtures. Yep. He just doesn't he doesn't have enough quality to uh, to rotate. Uh, whereas you know, a team like Man City, it's a little trickier. You know, I mean, any of those players, including you know De Bruyne, Aguero, even. Yeah, yeah, Tori. I mean, any of those guys could mix, could miss could it, any of the next could three fixtures. Could it be Gail Clichy's time? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, is, is Clichy a guaranteed start for all three Will game there weeks? Be Clichy for Christmas. Clichy for Christmas. So this, okay. So, so bearing in mind that you will see some rotation uh, among some of the top teams, you want to keep a particularly close eye on game week eighteen because. If there is a top player who is rested for game week 18, that is definitely a player to target for the for game weeks 19 and 20 because they're almost guaranteed to start those next two game weeks. Right, right. Because there's a reason that they've been set for game week 18 because they'll yeah. probably be 
assumed needed for the next two fixtures. Exactly. So they're gonna. So they, often a manager will make a decision. Okay, this is the this is the fixture. I'm gonna rest them, or or at the very least have them you know come off the bench in the 75th minute or whatever. Right. Which is the concern with Ozil is um, Arsenal. Or Ozil and the best squad starts away to Southampton to get a right. result, and then at home to Bournemouth and Newcastle. They likely won't need the fullest strength squad for those fixtures, and that's when Ozil would get set. Like, if I don't bring in an Arsenal player this game week, I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see Ramsey or Walcott get rested for that game week, because then it would make them incredibly attractive as a transfer target for game weeks nineteen and twenty. Right. You know, home to Bournemouth and Newcastle. Uh, right. So, what teams? So, teams to avoid uh, over the next three game weeks. Um, Man United, uh, who are, have bad form and and pretty bad fixtures, uh, away to Stoke. I think there's a pretty good chance of a Stoke clean sheet there. Mm-hmm. Uh, away to Stoke, uh, home to Chelsea, home to Swansea. I mean, I guess that home to Swansea match isn't 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 so bad, but yeah. But this is a team that's on the verge of ousting its manager. They're mentally not in any shape for this quick succession of fixtures. Yeah. You called it with Anthony Marshall last week. I will say, did I? You were yeah, you were touting him as a as a possible forward transfer this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you heard it here first, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, but who would you want in that team, right? I mean, the defense is uh, defense is in shambles right now. Uh, there's no consistency with the midfielders. I mean, no one is. You know, I I mean, who would you even want? Like maybe. Uh, um, maybe Fellaini. I, I don't know. It's just a, no, it's a no. total well, mess. Hey, like I said, uh, Anthony Martial. He would be the one. But even if you were excited about Martial, there are probably like six forwards that you'd rather have over anything. Oh, Martial, it, right? it, yeah. You're on smelling salts if you're, you have Martial in your squad right now. You're crazy. Yeah, you're, 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 you're madman. You're a lunatic. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, yeah, so. I'm kind, of uh, stuck, I'm kind of stuck with De Gea. Okay, so I have uh, Hennessy on my bench. Let's do a side-by-side comparison of. Crystal Palace versus United. Clean sheet watch. Crystal Palace is away to Bournemouth uh, and then hosting Swansea and Chelsea. Okay, so Hennessy looks good for 18 and 19. And then De Gea home to Swansea. All right, I've got my rotation down. Yeah, I'm so, what, so it's, you started De Gea uh, away to Stoke, and then you'll start Hennessy home to, to Swansea, and then De Gea home to uh, Swansea, I guess. You're just following Swansea around, aren't you, Brandon? Just following uh, I'm, them, and yeah. I'm 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 hunting swans. They, uh, <laughs> the Queen wouldn't like me very much. Uh, so yeah, Southampton is a team to avoid. Uh, I think uh, it's just that team is completely out of sorts right now. Uh, I think Ronald Coleman is safe. No, I haven't heard any talk about his job. Uh, nor nor should they really. But it's a uh, it's it's discouraging that this happened two years in a row. Certainly. It is. He just always has a pleasant expression on his face. I think that's why he still has a job. I think he's done about as well as any manager could be expected to do with that team, though. Uh, so, um, yeah, I would avoid Southampton, too. They're uh, home to Arsenal, then away to West Ham, and away to Norwich. Um, I mean, the way, the way to Norwich isn't that scary, but Norwich has been playing a little better the last couple of game weeks. So yeah, I don't think they seem to have found their heart. Uh, so, How are you feeling about this Tottenham team uh, over the three fixtures? They're home to Norwich, away to Watford, and then away to Everton. Now, I've I've I spent a lot. Of, I occupied some time earlier in the podcast um, thinking about a Tottenham defensive transfer. Yeah, is it worth it? I don't know. Uh, 
it's hard uh, again. That's a long term bet. I guess the the Spurs yeah. defensive transfer is more of a long term bet than a short term. Recent evidence would seem to indicate that you would want a Tottenham defender. I still have the scars of having Tottenham players over the years. Tottenham defenders. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like they were the team that just always, even this year, they've given away a couple cheapies, right? I mean, you absolutely. Know, conceding, conceding two goals uh, at home to Newcastle a couple of things, a couple weeks ago was bizarre. Yeah. Uh, very, very, you know, so, but there's enough attacking threat from, from really Dyer, Rose, and uh, Toby that uh, I, I really think any of those three you'd be, you'd be okay with. Right. Um, I mean, who else are you going to, I mean, like, no one, no one is a reliable clean sheet. You know, at this point, so right. I mean, maybe no. an Arsenal, maybe an Arsenal defender, but the, the problem with Arsenal defenders is I, I do think there there is a bit of rotation risk there. Um, maybe not in central midfielder. I, I would think on the wings, though, right? I mean, I, I think that um, I would expect Bellerin to get a rest in one of these fixtures. And they're so expensive, Montreal six In what world do we live? In yeah, what world we live. <laughs> I mean, I I, I think uh, you know, yeah, Gibbs, Chambers. Uh, Matthew Debussy. I mean, all of these guys are overdue for starts, and in yeah. two weeks in a row they'll be home to 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 Bournemouth and Newcastle. And certainly, this Arsenal team is deep enough, and those players are quality enough that you could start them in, in either of those fixtures. Um, Debussy with his three FPL points through the entire season. <laughs> I know, but he is. A, I mean, Debussy is a quality. I like his photo on the FPL site too. Yeah, he looks like, see, like he's like his first first yeah. day of work photo. <laughs> he's like. He's like he's kind of tilting his head, like, "Yeah, I know Hector Bellerin's a better player than me." <laughs> yeah, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna do? <laughs> he's saying, he's saying, mattered. All right, so Brandon, let's go through uh, game week eighteen, nineteen, and twenty, and let's pick out one player that we would captain. This is like not a player we have on our team necessarily, but just if you had this one play, you know, if you could pick anyone in the league, who would you captain in each game week, and then. Also, try to pick a uh, clean sheet for each of these game weeks as well. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So uh, we start with game week eighteen. Yeah. Now I've been waiting long. Much. I've been waiting for the great pumpkin, and finally, (laughs) his time may be here. So Sergio Aguero up front at home, playing Sunderland. That's the captaincy option for me. And then uh, clean sheet. uh, Let's see who has Swansea. (laughs) <laughs> West Brom. <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'll take my man Craig Dawson. All right, I like it. I like it. I actually think I think Aguero is maybe the right captain pick for game week eighteen. Uh, if I didn't, if I don't bring in Aguero, which I probably won't, uh, I'm leaning very strongly towards Kevin De Bruyne uh, mm-hmm. or De Bruyne uh, because I like the way that he played uh, way to Arsenal. He didn't have any attacking points, but he was very he was on the ball a lot, and he seemed he was really. He's really going for it, you know, yeah. and uh, he was stunning by Arsenal's defense. But if he if he keeps that energy up uh, at home to Sunderland, I definitely think we could see some points for him in that match. Yeah. He you, always you looks just, a little better when Aguero plays, too. Uh, my clean sheet for game week 18 is uh, West Ham, who is uh, away to Aston Villa. But I think that West Ham is very committed to squeezing out as many points as possible while they wait for their top players to get healthy. They're basically, you know, they're waiting out Payet and Lanzini right now. And as they do... Uh, I mean, three clean sheets in a row. Uh, they're just like they, they, they're completely like they're, they're, they're allodicing it right now. Uh, James Collins had one of the most epic defensive games over the weekend. Uh, I thought so, too. Yeah, I thought I couldn't agree more. 
Apart from that uh, handball that could have been called a penalty, he was working his ass off the entire game, got in front of every pass, every shot that came into the box. Oh, I was like shaking my head because I just thought, I can't believe I brought in Io <laughs> and King James Collins is having the match of his life. I know. Well, I, he did this once, like a, a match, like a way to Liverpool a couple years ago, where it, he just was, he was the, of all 22 players, like including Luis Suarez, he was the best player in the pitch in that match. <laughs> <laughs> his beard, his beard was at optimum length as well. I think that uh, definitely played in a dis- that, in the handball thing was crazy. That was clearly a handball. Yeah, and I like that he pretended he hurt his head. Yep. I think too like is like a wag the dog type thing to like distract people from <laughs> the handball. Uh-huh. So I think um, you know, and talking about defenders too. I mean, a, a West Ham defense the next three game weeks wouldn't be terrible. Uh, way, to, way to Aston Villa, you'd feel pretty good about a clean sheet there. And home to a Southampton team that is struggling for form, I think you can see a clean sheet there too. So, so you know, especially if you brought in, um, uh, what's his name? Sorry, I forgot his name. The uh, West Ham, Aaron Cresswell. Uh, oh, Aaron Cresswell, yes. Well, just yes. Cresswell because you could get some, even even if they concede a goal with Cresswell, there's always a chance of a, of a goal or an assist. Yeah, yeah, he gets so far up that wing. All right, so game week 19, who is my captain going to be? Um, a little cruising the list here. Uh, Lester there uh, against Man City, not terribly appealing. Uh, Everton uh, is hosting Stoke. No. <laughs> you stopped there. Like No, it's, it's a bit of a, the wheel goes round like, and round no and whammy, round. No whammy, no whammy, no <laughs> whammy. <laughs> Let's see. I, I'm just like looking for certain teams. Like, all right, Swansea, maybe not. Norwich, okay. Uh, Villa has Norwich. There's nobody appealing on Villa. Who's <laughs> your pick? Okay, I feel so, like we're at a restaurant right now, and I can't decide what I want to order. I think, uh, assuming that he looks like, we'll see how he looks against Southampton if he plays. But I think Theo Walcott at home to Bournemouth could be a very interesting captain choice. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Though Bournemouth has such a stalwart type defense, particularly these days. I think a Gallo at home to Tottenham would be a very good captain choice too. Perhaps. God, this, this is a tough one. There are lots of curious matchups in game week nineteen. <laughs> okay, I'm chasing Swansea again. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Crystal Palace here. They're hosting Swansea in game week 19. Uh-huh. So, okay. So Crystal Palace, very athletic team, uh, very pacey team. They're going to run right at you. Swansea's coming off of a day's rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Balassi, Captain, Captain Balassi in game week 19. Okay. I like it. I think it's a very creative choice. Uh, I think, <laughs> but uh, no, my clean sheet, uh, West Brom again, Craig Dawson. I like it. Okay. So, uh, okay. So I picked, uh, Theo Walcott for my, uh, for my, my captain of the week and my clean sheet will be West Brom at home to Newcastle. So I think, I think you're going to be feel, feeling pretty happy at the end of the day, no matter, no matter what happens, because you'll have a clean sheet from your friend, Michael Dawson. <laughs> and it's backed by my good friend, Josh Landon, co-host of the Always Cheating Podcast. That's right. All right, so I'm going to steal your pick for Game Week 20, because I actually thought about this when you, you threw this question at me. But Theo Walcott... Uh, against Newcastle in Game Week 20. So you're going to take Walcott in 19. I'm taking Theo in uh, Game Week 20. I like it. And I'm going to take uh, Riyad Mahrez in Game Week 20 at home to Bournemouth. That Leicester-Bournemouth game is going to be 
Very tasty. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two very attacking, um, open-playing teams. That is going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Then clean sheet. Craig Dawson. <laughs> at home to Liverpool. Or no, wait. Now at home to Stoke. Okay, yeah. I'm going to take Man United at home to Swansea. I think by then uh, that defend, the defenders will be a little bit healthier, and uh, I think they'll be ready to... Uh, to play better. Great. I'll start uh, <laughs> starting David De Gea. All right. Yeah, yeah, think about it. Don't think about it. Think about it. Okay, great. So I, th- I feel like we're sufficiently optimized for the uh, holiday fixtures. But, hey, you can always reach us with questions, comments, concerns. We're uh, on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters. And the Facebook page is facebook.com slash always cheating, even though um, we'll be far flung hanging out with uh, families and celebrating. We'll be on social media and we'll be definitely paying attention to these games. Yep, definitely. And yeah, we'll be, we'll be on, on Twitter and Facebook a lot. And yeah, I think this will be our last podcast. We'll do a, uh, a post holiday fixture roundup um, during the uh, FA Cup week. Great. Well, the only thing left to say then is uh, subscribe on iTunes. And we're available on SoundCloud. And on behalf of Always Cheating, I'd like to wish everybody happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy Poku Day to you. <laughs> happy Poku Day. Enjoy your Poku celebration, everybody. Hail <laughs> cheaters. Hail Poku. All right. Bye, Josh. Bye, Brandon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.